and welcome to Real Estate Real Talk. My name is Haley Bauer and I'm joined today by LaTanya Button coming to you live from Aggieland as we discuss the ins and outs of buying and selling real estate. The purpose of this podcast is to help educate you on how the different real estate processes work, as well as equip you as the buyer or seller to ask great questions to your agent. So let's get started. Thank you for joining us today. We will be discussing what happens after all the signatures are in place and we have an executed contract. So LaTanya, talk to me about what happens when you have the buyer's signature in place. What happens next? Okay, so we have the buyer's signature in place and now I'm going to send a copy of the contract along with the financing addendum and the pre-approval letter to the listing agent. So I usually text the listing agent and say, hey, I've got an offer. It's coming. It's on its way just to make sure that they're expecting it and they will, re- they will confirm receipt. So then the listing agent, they'll present the offer to the seller and they'll take time to review it and typically do one of three things. So they'll either accept it and just sign it. So it'll be a contract. It's in place. We're ready to go. And um, and everything. But secondly, they may counter. So if they counter, yeah. um, it's kind of like passing a basketball back and forth. So if they counter, buyer is off the hook, goes back to the buyer, and they can discuss whether they want to accept that or counter that themselves. So there's a little bit of back and forth there. Yeah. So, or third, um, they could reject the offer and just say, you know, look, um, we um, were not able to accept this offer at this time. If you would like to present another offer, that will be fine and we'll review it. Yeah, and that's worst case. That means you've offended them. <laughs> well, sometimes, but sometimes it just means that you're a little too far off and, and, they, and it's possible that there's a multiple offer situation and they don't want to be tied up in the passing the basketball back and forth. And so... They'll say, hey, you know, we'll let you come back if you would like to, but then they can accept other offers at that time as well. Right, right. Okay, so we have everything in place with the contract. Next is the option period. What is the option period and what happens during that time? Okay, so um, just to backtrack a minute. So we we have that earnest money and it's been delivered um, to the title company and that option check for this period of time is delivered to the listing agent. Then we're ready to roll. But um, yeah, so yeah, so the option period is the time for the buyer to have um, the property inspected. So they don't have to have it inspected, um, but it you know we encourage them to do that so that they know everything about their home. And right. during this option period, it can be anywhere from I've seen it five to um, ten days. This is the time they want to get started on that. So usually. Um, depending on the kind of property, there's usually three inspections, uh, general inspection, HVAC inspection, and wood-destroying insect inspection. So most of the time, if you have a really good realtor like Haley and I, then you're able to get it done all at one time and at, um, at that same time. So um, that way, it gets all done at the same time. But um, keep in mind, you want to get your inspections done as soon as possible. I know Haley talked about that last podcast but we want to make sure that it's the very beginning. Yeah, like day one, if possible. Yeah, usually day one when they're signing, I'm texting the uh, the inspectors to see, you know, do they have availability the next day or the next to fit in? Because they get, especially during the busy time, it's really, yeah. 
really busy. And then um, depending on, you know, what time of day. And some of them, they also have to schedule. If you've got a property that's rural, they may inspect the well and get a water sample, you know, and that's important, or the septic, and that takes longer. Um, some agents have a husband and wife team. I mean, some inspectors have a husband and wife, wife team, and others work alone. So it takes some time in their schedule to to provide that time. So right. um, the buyer they can be present if they would like the buyer and the agent, but they don't they don't have to if they don't want to. Um, and then so they will go through and do a very very detailed report. Um, and it, I mean it's long. It could be twenty pages when you get it back, and that's on even a newer house. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so. it's usually the next day or so that it comes back, right? right. Yeah, and and then. Um, at the at the end of the report, they'll have they usually have a summary. So it's really important to if you can start at the bottom and yeah. see what it is, and then use the rest of the pictures and and things like that for for reference. But your agent, you know, they're going to go ahead and look it over too and see if anything jumps out, and you're going to look at it. Um, but um, sometimes um, something. I mean, hopefully nothing big comes up, right? Hopefully not. Yeah. But if it does. Talk to me about what happens next if something like super, super scary comes up. Right. So we typically as an agent, we're kind of like, okay, let's take a deep breath. You know, um, this is typical inspection. You know, a lot of times the roof, mm-hmm. age back, it can all, you know, there's no, yeah. it's not a surprise. Foundation. Foundation. Problems. I mean, I've yeah. had some homes that had all of the above. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you know, really bad inspection. But the first thing that um, we do is just review it, kind of take a deep breath, and then if they recommended getting a roofer, that's what we'll do. We'll, you know, call, you know, get a roofer recommendation, come out, look at it. Maybe, maybe the seller, um, maybe it's covered by because it's has hail damage and they didn't realize it, right? So um, that's that's something. Maybe it's um, uh, maybe it's the HVAC and they and the buyer wants to get a second opinion. Yeah. So and just depending on where you're at in that process, you may need to add a couple of days to your option period, and you might be able to do that just depending on what kind of seller you're working with. But right, and as long as you know the the, it's really important, of course, the communication between the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Right. right? So um, as long as they're communicating and saying, "Look, this is, we're we're working on this. We've got some issues with the roof. We want to have a roofer come out, and then maybe they want to have their roofer come out." Right. Yeah. So that's the time period that's that's going. But it's important that you you take, even though you have 10 days, that you don't wait the full 10 days to come to the seller with whatever you're requesting. Right. You want to give some time so that the seller can then respond, right, and, and, and figure out yeah. how they're going to handle the situation. Because it is negotiation back and forth. Yeah. So let's say you've negotiated back and forth. It's something pretty scary. The seller's not willing to fix it. The buyer is in a state of mind where if the seller doesn't fix this super scary thing, the deal isn't going to work and they want to terminate. What happens What happens next? Right. So that can get a little, you know, a little close there, but they have until 5 o'clock on that last day of option period. So um, at by 5 o'clock, and really no matter the reason, whether it's due to inspections or just in general, they have till 5 o'clock to submit in writing that they would like to terminate um, terminate the the um, the contract, and yeah. something I do want to mention is that if we if they do terminate, um, they have their earnest money. If they do it during the option period time, they get their m- earnest money back. However, it is minus the inspections. 
And the option fee. The option fee And the stays. option fee, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, to, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, between 100 and 200. So there is some loss there. Yeah. And the so, buyer's committed, mm-hmm. you know. Right. They have a vested interest at that point because they've spent anywhere from 700 to to $1,000 usually on inspections. Right. And and typically, everyone, if, if you have a buyer that wants to buy and a seller that wants to sell, it moves forward. Yeah. I mean, we, we get it done. Yeah. When you have a common goal like that, usually there's a way... To make it work. Yeah, so. we can make it work. Okay. All right, so the inspections are done. Everything has been agreed upon. We're moving forward. What is the next step in the process? Right, so usually that is the appraisal. So the lender is working with the buyer to get documentation, but typically that, that buyer is waiting to see if it appraises. And right. That's a really big hurdle. Yeah, because you don't want to order that appraisal until you know you're past the inspection period. Right. Typically, in some, if you tell the if you if you tell the lender, they will order it before the end of the option period. But you're spending money, so here yeah. this is another expense that you're incurring. Yeah. Right. And if you're going to terminate, and right. You've spent more money. It's just not it's right. Not good. So um, usually, if you can get past that, and everyone can kind of take a deep breath, but um, you want the property to meet value, right? The agreed upon price, and um, and typically, I mean, I've seen most of the time that does happen. But um, maybe it's even higher, right? Which is great because you have right. some equity built got in. Some equity, so that's awesome. But you don't really want to come under the amount of the sales price, right? right? That's when you have problems, right? And that's that's a whole other podcast that we can we can go on. But um, once you once you get past the appraisal, it's just making sure that your financing is still in order with your lender and um, you still have approval. So. And then you'll make sure your interest uh, rate is locked and all your docu- documents are into your lender. So, and you're going to be, and, and then the other thing is the financing period. Let's talk about that for a minute, right? So, typically that's what, 20 days? Yeah, usually. Um, usually 20 days. Sometimes they'll ask for 14, mm-hmm. the, the seller will. But um, during that time, that's when you can back out if the financing doesn't go through. Right. Right. But I mean, most lenders now, I mean, they have a pretty good. Um, understanding of your by by now your your lender has a good understanding of your finances. Yeah, they should have all your W twos, tax returns, all that. They should know if you're going to be approved or not. Right, and as long as you don't go out and buy a new car. Yes, which is a whole <laughs> nother podcast. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't make any big purchases. Uh, Listen to your lender. Yes, and your realtor for that matter, <laughs> and your realtor. Right. So, so during that time, if something does happen, you know, you know, you lose your job, or um, you know, they move you to Alaska, or something like that. You do have a period of time um, that you can back out and get your earnest money back. But that's still after inspections, so you yes. still pay for you still pay for what you've already spent, right? But yeah. you can you can do that. But um, yeah. So after the appraisals happen, talk to me about what's next. Well, we've got the survey, and so, right, we should be working on that to make sure that we have um, the survey, and either, and the survey is provided from, hopefully, from the seller, right? Yeah, from a if it's a resale property. Yeah. Right, and then they can um, get that notarized and, and document that nothing's changed or and present that to the title company because that we want that added in with the title, cover by the title insurance, mm-hmm. right? But um, either the seller will provide that or possibly the buyer, they may purchase yeah. it, but that does take time. I mean, I've had it take like ten days before. Yeah, and money. It takes money too. And money, and and usually that can be um, 
sent to title, at least in yeah. this area, and you paid at closing. Yeah. For the survey. Around here, surveys are, you know, between four to 600 in a neighborhood for right. that type yeah. of property. Yeah, and then rural properties, are, it's much more. It's much more if you have acreage. Right. So keep that in mind if you're trying to decide what kind of property you want. Right. So we got to get that survey turned in. And um, even for new in- new construction, you know, a survey, a survey mm-hmm. is needed. So Yeah, every time on new construction. Right. So you just... Having your realtor keep tabs with the listing agent on the repairs that are being done. That's another thing. Just yeah. checking to make sure that the AC's been fixed or, yeah. um, or whatever you've agreed on in yeah. inspection. So Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that wraps it up for now. Next time, we will be discussing what a buyer needs to expect at closing. Thank you, LaTanya Button, for joining me today and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. We are very excited for the opportunity to share the real estate process with all of you. In future podcasts, we will be discussing selling your home, advertising your home for sale by owners. So for sure, plan to join us. Always check out our other podcasts. And whenever you have a real estate question, give us a call. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real Talk. Have a great day.